Well, hey everyone, and welcome to our stream for January the 3rd, 2021. Thank you so much for joining in with us. And first and foremost, I want to wish everyone who is watching, who will watch, who will listen, a very happy new year. And you made it through the year 2020, so welcome to 2021. And uh, right off the bat, I would encourage you to press that little share button at the bottom of your screen or wherever it may be and encourage others uh, on this broadcast, on this stream. Uh, we teach the Bible and we worship the God of the Bible. And uh, I believe that that is the answer. No matter what you're going through, the year has changed to a new year. Uh, God is the answer, and he wants to reveal himself to you uh, today. And so welcome, and uh, my name is Joe Friedland. I'm the pastor of City Point Church. We normally meet at the movie theater at Cineplex Distrante in Brossard, uh, but we are waiting uh, for things to change so that we can meet there on site more regularly. And uh, in the meantime, we continue to stream and this is uh, our 10:15 a.m. Sunday stream, but we record it. It's on our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and the audio is also on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. We also put it on our website at citypointchurch.ca. So you can follow us that way and track with us that way. Uh, just a couple of announcements before we get into our content today. Uh, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity in giving, uh, we closed the year 2020 in a strong fashion. We had a strong December, and it's because of your faithfulness, because of your generosity, we're continuing to do ministry uh, in this context, in an online context. We can still make a difference. Uh, you raise money for the nation of Yemen. You raise money to bless uh, needy families at Good Shepherd Elementary School. You raise money to bless uh, needy families through Mission Nouvelle Génération, the food bank, and you continue to fund what we are doing online. We had a wonderful alpha course uh, through the fall and uh, into early December where there were people who got a, uh, an understanding of the message of Jesus in some ways for the first time and in a, in a way that maybe they hadn't understood before. And so uh, your faithfulness fuels what we do here uh, to reach the one who is far from God, so that together we would become passionate followers of Jesus. So stay tuned and stand by. We'll see when we're able to meet in person, but we continue online uh, for the time being. Continue to pray for our missionaries, Don and Marie-José Mann, and we heard from Don last week. You can catch up and uh, watch his message from last week. And uh, they continue to prepare leadership training content that they will take all around the world. It's amazing how much that subject of integrity and character in leadership is needed today in countries all over the world. And pray for Michel and Louis Charbonneau, active in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. I received a beautiful thank you email from them. Uh, thanking us for standing by them and continuing to support them. Same thing for the mans. We continue to support them and to be faithful in our giving toward their ministry um, in the year 2020, all right? So thank you so much for that, and uh, we'll have some advertisement coming soon 
for some different things that we're going to be doing online, some online Bible study and so forth that you're going to find to be uh, uh, really encouraging for you, okay? So just stay tuned with us. And uh, if you're brand new to this feed, I say it every week, don't be shy. Um, uh, Text the key phrase, reach the one with no spaces to 514-900-0130, and I will send you something in your email inbox, and you'll get onto our mass uh, text and email list, get up to date with all the announcements, everything that's going on in the life of our church. I send out updates just about once a week, maybe twice a week now, and uh, so stick stick with this. Keep on keeping on, all right, and welcome to 2000. And 21. Today, we are going to have uh, two guests with us. And uh, first and foremost, uh, we're going to have a, a worship set from Church on the Queensway in the city of Toronto. They are our partner church and uh, have supported us for really the last five years. We're in a wonderful relationship with them, and uh, they have allowed us to take their their stream and uh, use it on our feed and so you're going to be enjoying uh, their worship this morning with all of the stuff that they do and all of the musicians that they have and everything's a massive church over 3,000 people and uh, then you're going to hear from Ron Rust a good friend of mine from Trinity Pentecostal Church in LaSalle he has a very timely message called Resilient Perspective that I think you're going to uh, find to be very inspiring at the beginning of this new year of 2021. So I'm going to pray and then turn it over to uh, both uh, of these churches, really, Church on the Queensway and then Pastor Ron as he teaches this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be with one another. And Lord, uh, I envision... the the faces and the people who I pray for. And uh, God, I think of their their needs and the things that they're dealing with. And this this pandemic has altered the way that we do so many things. But God, I I pray for those who are in need today. I pray for those dealing with, with sicknesses and things that have challenged them. In the name of Jesus, you would move in power, in healing power in people's lives, God. You would go above what natural doctors and science can do. And God, you would do the miraculous in people's lives, just like you did in the Bible, Lord. We pray for you to do it again in people's lives. And people would sense your presence. And people would be encouraged by your presence with them, even in their homes right now, even in their headphones that they're listening to, even on the screens that they're watching. May the presence of God be real and tangible and palpable in our lives today, this first Sunday of this new year. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, 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 church. Under your mask, give me a big smile. (laughs) God is good. God is worthy of his praise. Amen. Come on, today we invite the presence of the Lord in this place. Even if you're at home, in your place, in your space. Declare this. I raise a, I raise a hallelujah. In the presence of, in the presence of my enemies. 
God is good, church. Yes, he is. All the time. Amen, amen. Listen, I've searched the world. Beautiful song of praise. But it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise. Treasures and things. I'm here to give you praise, and you put me back together, and every desire is now satisfied, hearing your love, oh, oh, there's nothing, declare that, better than you, there's nothing, nothing in this world. The God of the mountain is the same God. He's the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Found here on earth. Better than you, Lord. There's nothing. 
nothing in this world. In Thailand, there was a sign hanging outside a doctor's office. The words in Thai were followed by the English translation, which proudly proclaimed, fairly reliable doctor. I don't think the phrase conveyed quite what the doctor had in mind. And actually, I don't believe many patients would have been impressed with this uh, translation. It was all a matter of perspective. One young lady wrote home from boarding school, Dear Mom, sorry I haven't written you sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it, and my left leg when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory when we had the fire. We were lucky. A young service station attendant saw the blaze and called the fire department. They were there in minutes, and I was in the hospital for days, and Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. And because it was taking so long to get in our, out of our dormitory livable again, I moved in with him. He's been so nice. I must admit, I'm pregnant. Paul and I plan to get married soon as he can get his divorce. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine and will write more when I get a chance. Love your daughter, Susie. P.S. None of the above is true, but I did get a D in math and flunked my chemistry. I just wanted you to receive this news in its proper perspective. In other words, compared to this made up story, her failing grades weren't that bad things could have been worse. I think of three people who were in a canyon, the Grand Canyon, an artist and a pastor and a cowboy. And as they stood on the edge of that massive geological marvel, their exclamations were heard. The artist said, oh, what a beautiful scene to paint. And the minister cried, what a beautiful example of the handiwork of God. And the cowboy mused, what a terrible place to lose a cow. The cowboy could only see the problems of the Grand Canyon placed in front of him. And you know, sometimes we're the same. It's easy to be a pessimist due to a bad perspective. In 2019, my wife and I celebrated 30 years of marriage and we visited the Louvre Museum in Paris. One piece of art that stood out 
was the painting entitled The Coronation of Napoleon, which was painted in 1807. In it, Napoleon crowns himself symbolically, showing uh, that he would not be controlled by Rome or submit to any power other than himself. He also crowned his wife, Josephine, as his empress in the presence of Pope Pius VII, who just sits there, does nothing except just raise his fingers and uh, in, an, in an effort to bless this event. The painting, painting is 6.2 meters or 20 feet high and 10 meters are 32 feet wide. It's impossible to take in the details up close. You need to stand back to get the right perspective and marvel at this piece of art. It's all a matter of perspective to understand. Similarly, in our good and our bad times, when we're close up to something that's happening in our lives, we only see at times confusion. We're disconnected from the events. We're overwhelmed by the immensity of all that's happening to us. We feel small and lost in the midst of it all. So we must try to put things into perspective and stand back and take in as much of the view as we can. You see, we're not only to live in the present, but we're also to see what comes before and what is lying ahead. The further we stand back, the bigger picture we take in. The more we see, the better the perspective. I want to talk this morning about resilient perspective. You see, resilience is the capacity to cope with stress and adversity. The ability to come back after being bent, compressed, or stretched. Maybe that's you in your family or in some relationships or maybe in your some serious health problems you have or at workplace or financial stresses you're enduring to build resilience we need to keep things in perspective our decision and how we live our lives are based on how we see things you may not be able to change a highly stressful event but you can change how you interpret it and respond to it Perspective can often determine our reality. We need to put our problems in the proper perspective. We need God's perspective because his vantage point over time and history is vital in our developing a resilient perspective. Ever wonder what God is up to? Why doesn't he stop all wars and feed all the hungry, protect the innocent and take away all illness? sort out all relationship issues. You see, the trouble with our perspective of things is that we have our noses flat up against the canvas and can only see what's right in front of us. Our lives are more than just a, a destiny or fate or good luck or bad luck, as if something happens just randomly in our lives and there's no real order to the universe. We need to stand back and see God's bigger picture. And that's why in Ephesians 1, Paul writes, All things are done according to God's plan and decision. And God chose us to be his own people in union with Christ because of his own purpose, based on what he had decided from the very beginning. In the world of daily living and the many problems and issues that we are confronted with, our self-worth gets a hit. But we need to step back and look at where we fit into God's plan and look at his bigger picture. So let's step back for a few moments and get a new resilient perspective 
and remind ourselves that we are not an accident, but that we are planned by God before the creation of the world. Jesus talks in this story about a topic that I want to relate to you this morning found in Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. Jesus then tells them a, a parable about a rich man who had an abundant harvest. He had no place to store all his crops. He had to build bigger barns. He had a surplus of grain, enough for many years. And then he said to himself, take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And so he gathered his prophets together in order to retire early and enjoy the good life from his business success only to hear the words, this is how it will be with whoever stores things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. He said, fool, your soul will be required of you. Jesus knew that the disciples were listening to this parable and what they were thinking, because in that day, the rich person was supposed to be so blessed of God, little did they ever imagine that God would call a man like this a fool. I mean, they were saying to Jesus, in essence, Lord, I have lived, I live in a nasty world. I mean, I've I'm, I'm got difficulties in my life, and you're talking to me about the here, by, and by. I have to support my family. I have to pay the bills. I have to take care of my business. Jesus, let's get practical. You see, life is real and life is hard. You're coming up, Jesus, with this heavenly perspective stuff. I have to be rich toward God. And when I've got to live with my two feet on the ground and, uh, and i got to focus more than on the pie in the sky, he knew what they were thinking. And so Jesus then continues to give them a private teaching. He says to them five times in the next verses that follow in Luke 12, don't worry, don't worry, five times. He's saying to them, I know that you're shook up by this story that I told you about this rich man. And he's saying to them in essence, if you're rich up there, you don't have to worry down here. The antidote to worry is a heavenly perspective. He continues to explain why you should not worry in verse 22. Then Jesus explains to his disciples how not to worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat or about your body and what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. We worry about the wrong thing. We worry about whether we're going to eat if you really want to worry about something, Jesus is saying, worry about whether you're going to be alive tomorrow or not. Because if you're dead, eating is inconsequential. We worry about whether we have the money to buy our food. And he says, you're worrying about the lesser thing. The body is more than clothing. If you don't have a body that's working, you can't put on a shirt or some pants or a dress. You see, clothing is secondary to having a body to put on that's alive and functioning. So if you just have to worry, Jesus is saying, worry about the bigger thing, not the lesser thing. He says, 
that life is greater than food or body, is greater than the clothes you put on. So if you've just got to worry, worry about something big, Jesus says. Shift your perspective about the priorities of life. He continues on to say in verse 24, Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than these birds? What? Why did he choose ravens? I mean, ravens were unclean birds. The disciples who heard him definitely would have thought, Jesus, don't pick a raven. Uh, we can't eat them. But he says, consider the ravens. He says, the ravens eat because God feeds them. You don't see a raven standing on a branch with his mouth open, waiting for worms to drop from heaven. They go and find their worms. But Jesus says this, if I value something that I call unclean or that you call unclean and make sure there are plenty of worms to go around, then you are my child and my follower. Do you think I have less concern for you than for them? Granted, we still have to go out and find our worms. Come on, he's not, he's not going to have it drop from heaven. They don't just fall from the sky. We, God cares for us, but we have to do our part. But he goes on to say, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? And since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? He says, every time you worry, you waste your time. You do not add to your life. You may be contributing to shortening, shortening it, actually. You worry, and someone says, worrying is like a rocking chair. It gets you started, but it doesn't take you anywhere. You just go back and forth and back and forth. Some of you need to get out of the rocking chair of worry in your life. I know we all have legitimate worries, but Jesus is saying, don't let them become what defines and controls your life. He says in verse 27, consider, study the lilies of the field, the beautiful flowers, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. They have never taken a sewing class. The beautiful flowers have never gone to buy cloth or have never gone to a paint shop for brilliant colors. But I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothes himself like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Jesus is saying to us this morning, you've got it all backwards. You don't understand that I am your source, yet the flowers which are here today and gone tomorrow give testimony to God's power to provide. And then he concludes, once more underlining the importance of an eternal perspective. He says, you must be rich toward God. In other words, he's saying, make the eternal greater than the temporal, the spiritual greater than the physical. We, we basically just focus on the temporal and the physical, and the spiritual is just a little drop in the bucket on the side. But Jesus says, that's not the way to live your life. And so we find here that all of this, when you do the eternal greater than the temporal, it actually positions you to experience the sourcing of God at a level that will blow your mind and will remove worry from your life. 
And then he goes on, and do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows that you need these things. He says, don't go crazy over the physical, material, and concerns of this life, whether it's money or health or power or whatever. No, 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 you go after me. I know you need these things. God is saying to us, focus on the spiritual in your life. That's why he says in verse 31, but seek his kingdom, his rule and authority in your life. And those, all those other things that you so are concerned about will be given to you as well. Prioritize the eternal over the temporal and the spiritual over the physical. And then he concludes by saying, where your treasure is, there your heart also will be. He didn't say where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be, but where your treasure is, your heart will be. In other words, your heart follows your treasure. God wants to make sure that you're richer up there than you are down here. So when down here fails, and it's going to fail one day in your life, something's going to come your way that's going to knock you down. You've got something to withdraw from up there because you're rich toward God. You see, worry is all around us and has, and as responsible people, granted, we worry and we want to do our best and provide for our families and solve our problems. But sometimes we worry about not worrying. Or maybe even we worry and it defines us because we're just worriers. But Jesus says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And he says, but don't let your trouble, trouble and your worry define your well-being. We can live a life of calm in the midst of the storm. And Jesus speaks to us about having a future perspective, an eternal one, which is critical for our earthly life. Let me look at this from one other angle as we come to a conclusion. You're saved by grace. Salvation was purchased by Jesus. You don't get credit for that. That's all God's work in our lives. But you get credit for serving the master and using your time, your talents, and your treasures that he has entrusted to you for his glory to advance his kingdom and benefit others. You don't get credit for going to church. I wish we could go back to church. You don't get credit for saying, I accepted Jesus so many years ago. You don't get credit because you've read your Bible through 10 or 20 times. You get to heaven because you're saved, but you get rewarded because you're a servant. There's going to be a lot of transfer of wealth in heaven based on those who serve God on earth. Remember the parable told by Jesus in Matthew 25, when the master entrusted three servants with different talents according to their abilities and told them, invest this money. The guy with the one talent didn't take the king seriously. He buried it and had nothing more to show his master upon his return. And the master was upset and called this servant wicked and lazy and took his talent away. Jesus then concluded, for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance and whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. You see, God wants every day when we get up in the morning, 
to live a light of his return. This should be our perspective. We should be asking the question, God, what eternal difference do you want to make in my life today with regards to those that surround me? Instead of living if, as if we own everything and are doing God a favor from time to time, we need to say, and listen to me, Lord, if you want to borrow some of your time that you've loaned me, some of your talents that you've loaned me, some of your treasure that you've loaned me, then I'm available today not just to ask you to bless me. I'm available today for you to work through me. What a perspective. It's not what I just have to offer to God. It's the fact that he has given me all things and I'm entrusted as a manager and I am not here to loan him my time. I am to give back to him what he's already given to me. What God says is, if I can't get you to see an eternal perspective, then I can't do my work in your life because you'll not be resilient. You'll not be able to move forward in my plan. I would say to us all this morning, we all have two choices. We can spend our lives or we can invest our lives. When you spend your life, you're just taking what you have without a beneficial return necessarily. But when you invest it, you're future oriented and you believe in a return later. We need an eternal perspective in life to be resilient. Far too many Christians and others are spending their lives not investing them. They're not looking for the long-term payoff. They're looking for the short-term experience. Well, it's okay to spend some of that which you have. But when you spend it all on what you have in the here and now, you wind up with nothing in retirement because you're not taking into consideration the years that are to come. It's up to you to develop a resilient perspective based on the eternal heavenly reality of Jesus. Let's put this into perspective and review. God's perspective is crucial to succeeding in life. Life is more than food and the body more than clothes. If I'm rich up there, I won't have to worry down here. Your heart follows your treasure. Prioritize eternal over temporal. And when you get to heaven because you get there because you're saved, but you get rewarded because you're a servant. Become an investor rather than just a spender. I think the best advice that I could give you today is think about eternity. I've done a lot of funerals in the last few months, and I've seen over the last years since I've been a pastor, many people that I've loved that have come and gone onto glory. It just makes me realize how life is moving on so quickly. Can't believe how the years have gone by. Life is truly like a vapor. Here one moment that evaporates the next. And to be honest with you, it's difficult sometimes to maintain an eternal perspective with the problems of life, along with the stress and anxiety and even depression. I mean, we have no guarantee for tomorrow, and, and, and some of the funerals I've done recently, it's just been here and gone very quickly without any announcement, a total surprise. But like Asaph in Psalm 73, despite griefs and struggles, here's what I choose to declare, and I pray you'll declare the same thing. 
You guide me, O God, with your counsel, and that afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. We need, my friends, to live with a resilient, eternal perspective because it's one of the keys of living and overcoming life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each person that's listening this morning. I thank you, O oh God, for a resilient perspective that's going to grow in our hearts. I thank you that we can see things from your perspective and understand how we are to live our lives for that which is eternal and that which, Lord, is spiritual more than the temporal, more than the physical. And we have to true, take care of those areas which are in the natural but Lord, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and that which you're doing in our lives from your perspective so that we can live a life which is truly going to be rewarded according to how we have lived for you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your salvation, which is free and is a gift purchased by your blood on the cross. And we receive you into our hearts as Lord and Savior. But Lord, we're here to serve you to make a difference. And we thank you, Lord. You are the rewarder of those that diligently seek you and serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray this prayer with me, or if you're praying right now and you're saying, God, I want more than just the temporal emptiness and vanity of the life I'm living, why not reach out to Jesus and say, Lord, give purpose to my life and help me and raise me up to the eternal perspective you have for me. His plan was there before you were born and he wants now you to participate in it. He's got a great future for you. Have a great day in the Lord. Thank you for joining us. The Lord bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Ron, uh, for that message. And again, I believe so timely. Uh, for the beginning of a new year. Uh, it reminds me of something that I read on a person's uh, social media post. This is um, from someone in our church, and this is what she wrote uh, just just uh, on New Year's Eve. Glad to see 2020 out the door. <laughs> a roller coaster year that made us go through every emotion in the book but most importantly, made us tougher. I love that. Most importantly, made us tougher. Now we understand even more that every day we are alive is a blessing and a privilege and that we should cherish our loved ones and live our best lives while we can. That comes from Charity, who's part of our church, and I just love what she says there. Um, has it made you tougher? Do you have a resilient perspective on what's going on in your life? And that's the challenge for today. So thank you so much for being with us. Again, I remind you to share this content with others. And uh, we'll be back again next week, the 10th of January. Until then, God bless you, everyone.